0: I, I we need to get to the bottom of this if only I had access to the levers of knowledge and power I would uh, start a chain reaction that would investigate this but uh, Big Kusama has to like has to end okay Moi, you go <laughs> we're back we're back. I'm exhausted. Um, I'm exhausted from too much fun, because <laughs> just saw many friends of the pod all day today, but I saw special friends of the pod, Dean Samashima and Toma Dozel, uh, who were very irate that there has not been a new episode recently, but what can you do? We're, we're both busy bees. Listen, I'm only recording today because uh, a certain someone... Uh, slid into my DMs yesterday and made it, cl- made it like came out of the closet as a uh, as a thoughts listener, which uh, I th- I was just sure we're like uh, you know reveling reveling in anonymity and our numbers know. like are not on an upward trend ever, and so it just kind of like made me realize people are listening to us, yeah. And someone they're at the wedding shy. told you they're listening, yeah. The- someone at the wedding told me they're listening, and every single time a person comes out of their they're our closet and they uh, admit they listen to us. I in my like self-conscious like angsty head, I like scan all how many episodes we've recorded so far. Uh, this 50. is episode 52. 52. 52. I like scan all fifty-two episodes or whatever recollection is left of them in my head and try to like remember if we burnt any bridges, said anything too nasty and then i keep having to remind myself this is this is a uh, a safe space for our honest thoughts and not a vehicle for burning bridges or True. just being just being mean for the sake of being mean no we're never mean for the sake of being mean we just uh say it like you mean it um, yeah, what kind of world is it that we live in that we can't even, like, express our earnest opinions without fear of repercussion or yeah. consequences? It's fine saying you don't like something. For example, today when I went to Gallery Noy with Taman and Dean, uh, the, ga- the the woman working there at the gallery who was standing outside with a friend of mine, I would met her last time I went to see the show, with another friend, she asked how I, like, what I thought about the show... And I just told her what I think. And, you know, it's like no skin off anyone's back. Like, Wait, I'm sorry. What kind of a consumer consumer experience is that in Berlin for anyone (laughs) to ask you how the experience was? Well, yeah, it's like someone asking you what you thought of the show at the gallery is like when someone comes to see your show and you're like, what did you think? And you put them on the spot. I mean, it's fine if it's you know maybe some, maybe nothing sold and she's just. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sure everything's re- sold. <laughs> I guess so. Those those uh, gay ass Louis Fortinos. Come on, the horniness. <laughs> I mean, listen. You are a repeat visitor to this exhibition. <laughs> um, I, I guess and actually, I only went. It, it was only worse. Yeah, exactly. She was probably like, "Oh, he must love it because he's back." <laughs> it's like, no, girl, I'm here to be extra shady and get content for the pod. So, yeah, it's like going. I should go back to see the biennial. <laughs> Maybe it got even worse <laughs> while I was not looking. Well, I, as I mentioned to you uh, on our iMessage. I really wish there were mics with <laughs> Tomah and Dean because we were just like, I think we brought up some biennial topics. And Listen, you should yeah. you should always carry a Zoom recorder I know. on your person. Just be ready for those hot takes. Yeah. So I got confronted with- about some hot takes I made on that episode, I just have to say. <laughs> Wait, how do, you, how do you mean? No, just one of them loved one of the painters on the show. I'm not going to say any more. Wait, what show are you talking about? The Luther the 15? Biennial? No, the Biennial. Oh. I mean, the. <laughs> why do people take it so much to heart? They're not. He was being funny. No. No. People, yeah. I think our listeners enjoy the sin like you mean it. Because um, where else are you going to get that? Everything else is just sin, like a sin by omission. Yeah. You know? You know, it's. It, I don't know why, but it reminds me of that arc from Sex and the City where Miranda is pregnant, and then she goes to do the sonogram, and the lady at the sonogram, it's like, it's a boy! Like, expecting her to be, you know, all elated and uh, jubilant, yeah. <laughs> and Miranda's, like, the opposite of that, and every single person throughout the rest of the episode where she sh- either shows the sonogram or tells them it's a boy, is really excited for her, but it, like, lands flat with her. Um, why am I saying this? Oh, I think, like, it... <laughs> The reason I'm bringing this up is because I've learned to, like, sort of adjust my reaction to, like, when people recommend I go see this show or that show or watch a show on TV or, like, I I already, like, you know, read the room in advance if I share my thoughts on a TV show that I saw or a movie that I saw because people, like, really get offended if you didn't like something that they liked as well. True. Uh, Like, Uh. most contentious, like, uh, I don't know if she still listens to us. Hey, Tommy. But uh, like licorice pizza, the latest uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, like oh, yeah. so many people were offended when I told them I thought it was <laughs> self indulgent and extremely boring, which it is. I'm sorry. Like and you sure I'm out. A, No, I didn't walk <laughs> out. But like, sure, I'm a sleepy person, but I like never, I never doze off in the movie theater because like you know, it's the images move, and so it keeps my yeah. eyes busy. But this was like this was a good good opportunity to snooze um okay so wait so let's what see. were some of the hot takes were you gonna go there uh no we will set that for another episode no but i just want to tell tell the listeners about the other fun art related stuff i did today is that mm-hmm. okay of course um okay so well first of all you went for lunch to dashi which is like a chic new Japanese place it's a Japanese diner in Mita. uh feels like something that would be in Tribeca very yeah. cute uh food is great they're really friendly they take card uh if you've never been to Berlin that's a big deal <laughs> both those aspects <laughs> like debit the card only <laughs> you no know i'm saying they take card in addition to cash they're not cash only like a lot of places i mean I you remember some Berlin. place yeah, I thought some places in Britain only take debit card. There are a few places like that, but okay. I mean that's not the norm. Um food was amazing. Then we walked to Gallery Noy and saw the Lou Fertino show, which like I said, just got worse. Um then took You a- got you got to specify unless <laughs> unless you're getting back to it later. But you got you got to specify cuz It just feels like, okay, this show is only happening at the gallery because of the hot market, duh. Uh, And it just feels like there's so much production kind of asked of him that things are in the show where you're like, this is kind of a subpar painting, right? Um, Some awkward composition landscapes. And by the way, there's no shame in that. We've all made terrible work. Um, there's things we all make that are the best thing we've made that we love. And there are things that suck. So, <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny th- that you mentioned that because the work that I make in the studio in light of like developments and aesthetics in recent years. Like sometimes I look at paintings. I'm like, well, this actually is not that bad because there's so much. No, exactly. Uh, totally. So much uh, ugly out there. This there's could fit. Al- there's also things I hate where I'm like, God, this is like the worst one. Like, let's say. I make eight works for a show. I'm like, this is the worst one. I hate this one. Like, I shouldn't have even made this. And then at the show, people were like, this one's my favorite. That always happens. Right. It's just, it's all new. Uh, what bothers me is like a whole new direction for the artist where it's like so not cute and everyone's yassing it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just because mm-hmm. it came from, yeah. From, yeah, a certain person. um, Like a do-no-wrong S- career sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. But so, and there were just some awkward landscapes in it, where just like, you know, there's certain things, like there are patterns we expect subconsciously as viewers, um, vis-a-vis the golden ratio in the Fibonacci sequence. Um, We should um, should insert some sound effect here. I think it's the first time we use the term vis-a-vis on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, So you look at this landscape, and it's just like awkwardly composed with weird proportions. And you're just like, "This is not a nice landscape painting, and then there's like a bad brush stroke that's a shadow where you're just like this just looks like someone bumped into it with a coffee um uh, yeah, look, we're talking about art for once um so there was that art. I mean this whole moment is so uh, yeah a moment for the faux naive peace skilled <laughs> yeah um art but I mean there were other things that were nice <coughs> about the paintings and yeah, well, and then don't I like seeing you know like seeing two men <laughs> at a act of penetration. I don't. Um, what, especially I when I da- think. Sorry, I think I think David David said it when he came on the pod at some point. Like, what the intimacy does not necessarily have to be you know represented through sex. The most like sort of the end game of intimacy. Yeah. it's it's so on the nose. Yeah, and. Like, have some subtlety, artists. Yeah. All right. Well, so we were chatting afterwards, like, outside, you know, us three gays, and then this friend I know that I ran into there, and then this woman that works at the gallery, and I was just telling her, you know, like, I don't really, like, yes, I'm a gay man, but I don't really relate to this work. It doesn't really connect with me on an emotional level or anything. And because you're the That's because you're the oppressor. There's only <laughs> two options in this case. You're the <laughs> oppressor or the oppressor. Okay. And, and then I said you know like uh you should take a look at Dean's work. Dean is an artist who deals with issues of like sexual gay sexuality and intimacy etc but it's not visibly portrayed and that's actually what makes it more powerful and interesting. Yeah, but he's not a twinkish white thought. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And and I said look when there's a when you're like a twinky thought, it's like collectors want to bang you um mm. and we're not gonna name names but mm-hmm. names could be named yeah especially in new york mm-hmm. um so that also leads me to the next show we went to see which was james richards at isabella bortolozzi uh james is a british artist and he works with video and installation work uh and there's a really great installation in the show it was uh like a self-diagnosis kit essentially for like a hypochondriac Mm -hmm. Uh, and the walls kind of like um, by the baseboard of one of the gallery rooms were just lined with every kind of implement and test kit and device you could get so it was like um, a home kit to capture mold in all your rooms and then have them grown petri dishes oh my god uh like HIV test kits, like every kind of drug test kit. It's just like insane. Um yeah, it was just a nice show. And then we had a nice surprise that we stumbled upon because next door was Barbara Veen Gallery, which I had never been to. Um but it's on like that and Isabella Bortoluzzi are on Tempelhofer Ufer. So, you know, those like really big grand buildings. Um kind of like across the canal from Potsdamer Platz. hmm And that building had a nice, like, 1920s sinister vibe. Uh, like the outside looked like a typical Berlin Altbau, but inside it was kind of more deco. Felt mm-hmm. like it could have been part of like um, Rockefeller Center or something. When you were yeah. in the stairwell, which was nice. And the show was Haeg Yang, a South Korean artist that's lived in Berlin for ages. Uh, and there were a series of paper cuts. Uh, And also some sculpture work. And that was a really nice surprise. Um, Dealt kind of with the uh, Korean form of paper cutting. But they were just really beautiful and was nicely installed Mm -hmm. and just like interesting use of paper, uh, nice compositions. And yeah, we were all pleasantly surprised because we were not expecting to really see anything else around there. Uh, and then I saw that book, um, The Jewish Paper Cuts, which I really feel like you could milk. <laughs> Is that something they did while in the ghetto? No, that was, pre, was pre-war. Was that like a Auschwitz pastime? <laughs> Making snowflakes. Um, I think you sent it when I was like out of it or something. Let me revisit no, those No, there's a long and- tradition of it. You know, there's like paper cut traditions everywhere, but like there's this... There was a Jewish paper cut tradition making kind of like religious imagery. And Honestly, then- I, I never heard of this tradition. And so I, ma- I imagine it's something that people just did. Well, the like book, in the an- book was like the thickness of an encyclopedia with a crazy array of images. So it definitely was a thing. Like I've I don't never, I've never seen this aesthetic or this art sort of approach to art, yeah. but short. Sure. Yeah, anyways. anyways. It looks it looks great. I don't think I can venture into that. <laughs> aesthetic it's a little too um or, ornate and uh there's like a nostalgic naivete to it almost, I guess. Or there would be if you decided to create in this mm-hmm. aesthetic nowadays. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just having like get the residual... laser cutter. Get the laser cutter out. Yeah, I'm having some residual like uh, corned beef hash burps from <laughs> breakfast. <God. laughs> um, and then okay, I'm almost done summarizing my fun day. Um, mm-hmm. then I met friend of the pod, Nikki Nicholas. Uh, went to Eminem World. Did he rave all about the new Victoria line that just opened? <laughs> uh, I don't think he's been on it, but I heard a friend of a friend rode the Lizard Line. Um, can't wait to go see the public art. You know, underrepresented artists such as Yayo Kusama are part of the new line. God, it's so funny <sighs> that for a, uh, a, like one foot in the grave. Non-verbal, like spectrum lady or whatever she is, the level of lobbying, like global lobbying and pushing of her work is like someone needs to like make a documentary. someone needs to investigate it because the like the like who the who's who's actually the manager, the twisting of arms of institutions across the world to like you know (laughs) shell out sums of money they don't have at the expense of you know totally other other programs in their institutions just to mount a kusama show it's like or to buy one of those infinity rooms like the fucking yeah that's what i'm saying it's like something is really something is fishy here yeah no it's like it seems fishy and really pathetic that you would have a kickstarter to buy a kusama room like get a life yeah, people would donate to it it's like we're a world class <clears throat> museum now we have one I, I, we need to get to the bottom of this <laughs> if only I had access to the levers of knowledge and power I would uh, start a chain reaction to yeah. and investigate this but uh, big Kusama has to like has to end yeah. okay so if you want to start us a Kickstarter to investigate please do so yes um then we went to Kadeve, went to Muji, uh, had a ball. We went to the American Food for You store, the American candy store, uh, where I just did a very quick tour and screamed what was not actually American. There's a lot of fake American things. at a Yeah. Also, anything called, markup. F- anything called for you as <laughs> like- <laughs> the number for you. Yeah, uh, um, they had Jelly Belly beans uh, okay. segregated by color. One kilogram bags. Guess how much? Just guess. guess. Eight euro twenty-five. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you say inflation in German? I think in inflation. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Gonna look it up. Hold mm. on as I log on to leo.org. <laughs> Hold on as I go to bing.com. <laughs> oh, okay, it is inflation. Yeah. The inflation, the Aufblähung. That sounds like, like post dinner inflation. <laughs> um, uh. Well, that sounds like it was a very cultivated afternoon for you yeah and it was 14 degrees and i was underdressed and i made it yes Um, what have you been up to i've just been working a lot having a lot of stuff to catch up on finally we got to the episode where matea roach loses on jeopardy after like 24 (laughs) games of 24 game street the canadian she that like the extra booby lesbian with really bad teeth (laughs) uh at first i just could not stand her but then as like time went i kind of grew to like her she's like a fun affable you know like canadian like it's just just something about canadians man i don't know well some are great like me and some really suck so beware some are just like a a sponge. There's just a, a neutral sponge that, uh, like that that robot from the Robocop, like two or three. You know the one I'm talking about, yeah. the one that like melts and just like, um, or that show. What was that Nickelodeon show where the girl melts into a a puddle of metal? You know the one I'm talking about. Mm, Alex Mack. <laughs> it is alex oh mac, maybe? is it alex mac Al- alex alex, mac. alex smack <laughs> yeah melon. This, yeah this yeah the secret <sighs> world of alex smack where she's just oh, like wow, she, she has that <laughs> she had like some freak accident and now she can like melt into a pool of like what is it um here, after getting splashed with an experimental chemical, junior high school student <laughs> Alexandra Mack finds that she has uncanny new powers, such as the ability to shoot electricity from her fingertips and morph into a blob of goo. Goop. Um, why was this brought up as an example? <laughs> what was I trying to say? <laughs> oh, I guess I was trying just to say that Canadians are uh, well, very, y- You assimilate very well. Yeah, but you get exposed to the Canadians that are like the Park Slope Canadians. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like the really trashy, rednecky, like right-wingy ones don't really make it out of the country. It's kind of like when you encounter Americans in Canada or something that live there. Yeah. Or in Europe, it's like the liberal ones, you know, that are like upwardly mobile. Right but there's a lot of trashy riffraff in canada too and there is no public dental health care that's probably why her teeth sucked you know (laughs) what some some people's teeth are just like genetically fucked from the get-go there's so much that you can do to take care of your teeth like i floss all the time and every single time i go to the hygienist she like screams at me for not taking care of my teeth i'm like what more am i supposed to do no it's true it's like some teeth are just softer she also barked at me and told me to stop using mouthwash. She said it's like really messing with my mouth with my bacterial flora of my mouth that you should really mm-hmm. only use in like extreme cases because mm-hmm. you you're, you have like good bacteria in your mouth. Yeah. Well it can dry out I mean especially if it has alcohol in it. Right. Um, yeah it's also funny that most of like my, uh, my childhood idols are effectively Canadians like in the uh <laughs> In an American guise, I mean, you guys Linus. really like just sure. Uh, you guys really came here and like basically established what uh, you established the like the the cultural American ethos of the sixties uh, and seventies, eighties, nineties, and today. Wait, who are some of the big eighties names from Canada who came? To, uh, a lot like, of those Canadian, uh, sorry, comedians uh, like Dan Aykroyd. Oh uh Myers. Yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah, like all those like early nineties SNL people. But like 80s. Mike Myers never tried to hide that he was Canadian. His brand of humor often leaned into like the Canadian yeah. identity. But like Catherine O'Hara, like all these people, you know. Right. But then again, like uh Joni Mitchell and Leonard yeah. Cohen, they like you don't think of them as... Maybe Joni Mitchell, sure. Think of her as Canadian. But, like, they really set the, the cultural tone for yeah. the 60s. And but, you know, it just reveals the secret. Canadians and Americans are not that far apart. We're like cousins. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, I guess uh, so. You know. Um, yeah, speaking of which, I'm just remembering that uh, really good Leonard Cohen show that I saw at the Jewish Museum, I guess before COVID. I guess it was a traveling show, uh, which made me think of a really exciting upcoming group show that they have that's opening in June. Let me pull up the info on their website. I just saw it the other day. Uh, New York 1962-1964. is the title of the exhibition, and mm. if only my park slope-adjacent internet <laughs> connection would work a touch faster. Um... It uh, covers that three-year period, the pivotal three-year period in the history of art and culture in New York City, examining how artists living and working in New York responded to their rapidly changing world through more than 150 work of, works of arts, all made or seen in New York between 62 and 64. And there's some, like, really knockout works by Nancy Grossman... Um, I saw a couple of nice Ra- Rauschenbergs, uh, Kenneth Nolan, who else? Yeah. And I saw a whole... Where did I see Nancy Grossman's booth? I saw it at Freeze. I forget the gallery's name. They had a whole booth of these really beautiful Nancy Grossman's, like, uh, um, these, like, collages of, like, male torsos. Um, you know her work, right? It's, like, really... Mm-hmm. Like I guess hyper hyper violence, like hyper sexualized. Like uh, I um, I don't even know how to describe her. How would you describe? I'm so bad at describing things. How would you describe Nancy Grossman's... I don't know. <laughs> like just by look, it's just like a like a head of a male with like a a pistol sticking out of it, or like a uh, antler sticking out of it, or it's like really leathery with like zippers it's like very snm-y and like fetishy. oh yeah those masks yeah it's like mapplethorpe yes. Adjacent. yeah but she has these just incredible abstract compositions somewhat yeah. two-dimensional but they're like made out of like scraps and over like used rubber but it's just like really beautiful um well it's beautiful compositions like very abstract uh expressionist um, anyways, I saw her freeze, which uh, transitions me to talking about my visit to Freeze. We were going to record earlier, but my my busy work life imbalance in- impeded us from doing so. Um, I went to Freeze by myself at the shed. My very first visit to the shed um, was it open or closed? <laughs> I guess it was closed like because. <laughs> I don't even understand what the function of it is uh when they like open the thing up are you supposed to like enjoy a concert like under the sky yeah what i don't get the, it what is like the mosquitos <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's a really nice building i mean there's something to be said for like like brand new buildings they're just they're nice i mean it's not Nobody like was ripped off in the process, so there's no visible water damage or any other such like structural, you know, instability or whatever. It's a really, it's like a nice building. It's it's new. It feels like someone's vision of the future, and I guess you, you like have to live in it for a while until it becomes the future. I don't know. Yeah. Um. That whole neighborhood is weird. It's it's like a legitimate part of New York. I, like. I'm not sure why anyone would want to live there, but the city's varied and yeah. it has many people and people all well, live different places. I'd move into the apartment of the Hudson Yards Hottie across from the shed, but it's just know. like it's a <laughs> it's a stone's throw from like Penn Station. That that is my only that's the only thing that makes me go like, "Ugh." Cuz like yeah. that's really It feels much closer to the Penn Station vibe than to like Chelsea and uh, Hell's Kitchen. Well, I like that it's close to the Eagle, which, you know, I love because I took you there. Um, And then I what I do like about it being close to Penn Station is that you can easily get to the airport if you take the train from there. And oh, okay. you can also go to Fire Listen, Island. <laughs> Listen, honey, if you live in the uh, the Hudson Yards, you're taking you're not taking any train. I know, to but the honestly, airport. I'm a cheapskate. Even if I lived in like a six thousand dollar a month apartment, I would not be taking a taxi to the airport. <laughs> Listen, I I understand where you're coming from. When I lived in Berlin, I this also felt like an such an extreme luxury. But when you live here, like priorities slightly. I know, but I'm like, unless it's a work trip, I just don't spend like a hundred dollars on taxi or whatever it's going to be. Right? It, to me, it's crazy. It's like Berlin taxi too. I'm like, I'll just take the train. It's, you know, yeah. It's You don't want like, to supo- <laughs> support the local grumpy drivers. <laughs> um. Anyways, it's also crazy that the Hudson Hudson Valley, the Hudson Yards uh, station is like. You get off the train and literally the only people using that train station are like the Mexicans and other like Central and South American like construction workers who work in that area because it's still like it's still in process. Um, There's just like zero zero appeal to like sure there's some tourists there but like it's just not it's not quite there yet. Also the vessel has been like formally made into an empty vessel um yeah are you still there yeah, yeah i'm listening oh sorry i thought the, i thought the connection broke out <laughs> no, i'm no. not i'm like listen after teaching fifth grade for a few months now i'm not used to being listened to in silence for <laughs> a stretch of over five seconds i um, know <clears throat> um how are those little angels <laughs> uh next topic <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> um okay so tell us about freeze at the shed Okay, so first thing I saw when I walked in was this like, uh, was this poster ad thing featuring Julie Maritou's work with a a logo vote dot org on the bottom, and it says planyourvote.org. <laughs> and I had no idea what she's calling for, what are we oh, asked to do here, no idea. I just was wondering if this was sponsored by JP Morgan and or Chase <laughs> Bank. Uh, and it just made me realize that this country's fucking obsessed with elections. Like, just obsessed. Give this country, give this people, like, a chance to go yeah. and, like, cast a ballot. Oh they, It's like, they're, like, they're fallopian tubes, like, quiver. They just a ballot live that for won't elect. do anything, newsflash. Um, I'm not even, I'm not even a, like a nihilist skeptic about like the, you know, the power of elections to move things in this country. But just like, gi- just give it a fucking yeah. rest. You're like, this country's going to give itself hypertension by the way it convinced itself that like that we're constantly on the precipice of Armageddon. But it's not even being a nihilist. It's fact. It's like there was a 2014 Princeton study that I'm sure everyone's seen this on Instagram carousels by now but that like how did how are you able to cite 2014 <laughs> princeton surveys because i literally <laughs> read this this head. morning <laughs> like okay no it's like i did not see on instagram i saw it somewhere else but like it was a study that basically it's just like big money and big special interest group slash super packs um such as the nra uh controlling everything and voting doesn't change anything in america because it would have by now because how many times were the democrats in power and they never do anything and then they just constantly hold it over everyone's head that like you should vote for us otherwise you're going to lose your chance to get an abortion and not get shot to dead in public yeah like this is the most important uh election of our era over but like what did you change in the other times you had like all branches of power in your control yeah, it's and insane. You go, on, you go on the website planyourvote.org, and it's all these like artists' posters for like to advocate for voting rights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just like, what did you fucking achieve by this? This is not like yeah. a Christine Sun Kim poster, uh, Barbara Kasten I don't have the names here, but like I just recognize Christine's aesthetic, which I'll get to because she's in uh, she was in Freeze. Isabel Yellen M. Rooney it's like a great like a notch on your like on your activist belt, but like who the fuck cares a k like this is not moving the dial, yeah anyway Just like have to, yeah start a super pack, I mean, can't people outspend like <laughs> the shady dark money? That's what I don't yeah. get like. Also, what's funny to me, and it's just it's been made way more evident now that we've had Trump for president and then Biden for president. It's just that, like, clearly politicians are just like people, just like you and me. And there's truly a limit to what they can do. Yeah. And really, oftentimes, they're not sinister. They're just idiots or like incompetent. That's usually what it is. Yeah, or, like, I don't think they're, like, sinister from the outset, but they will just do or say whatever they need to do to, like, maintain their position. And, yeah, of and to them it's a job, and it's like, what else are they going to do when they're not in power? Yeah, they're politicians. And also this, like, idea that if only you elected the right person to the job or the person with, the like, the... Uh, With the, like, less seeming sinister, like, uh, agenda, that person will bring on the, like, the coveted change. Like, do me a fucking favor. Everyone's, like, equally and potentially incompetent at this job. Yeah. Uh, This whole idea of, like, you know, the technocratic messiah that will come and save us all. whatever. Hard pass. Um, I walked in. I saw this really annoying, like, Pedro Rias, like, anti or like oh nuclear God. disarmament like which just like so fucking lame room also like what is this 1986 atomkraft <laughs> <Nine Dunke. laughs> yeah and also great let's take germany's example of what happens when we uh dis not disarm the country uh but just like when we uh you know get rid um, of nuclear power and yeah. yeah get rid of nuclear power like look at where it got yeah. us and like A fucking also second ger- pipeline to germany uh to russia way to go morons yeah. um anyways pedro Rice, you can like you make gorgeous work this is just enough with these like bush league didactics yeah. like this is so dumb it is dumb and it's just too naive because it's like yeah i don't want nuclear weapons and bombs falling on places but like what's the point of this dumb work yeah and then you like go <laughs> on his instagram and it's like him standing with his like rich mexican like benefactors or whatever like showing off this like times square installation or whatever Yeah, hard pass uh that's a boot, I saw, okay
1: that's now a do boot. you have a
0: toot that you saw <laughs> <laughs> that's a balenciaga <laughs> boot which we all know is a very big boot God. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that halitosis of a uh, fashion show. Um, <laughs> then I saw. <laughs> I saw two, I guess, prints or drawings by Christine's son, Kim, at uh, Gabali. Gabali? 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 How do you pronounce oh, that? Uh, no, I guess. Like from LA. Gibali, yeah. Right. The French guy. Yeah. And, like, sorry if I'm stepping on anyone's toes here, but, like, it's like. Uh, it's a dip, it's a trip, sorry, it's a diptych, the left panel says constant debt, and the right panel says cannot afford, and I'm not quite sure what's in the drawing, it looks like husks or like blades of grass or something like that. maybe I'm completely misseeing it, but like, are you like seriously presenting a work at an art fair where you're like talking about debt at like a booth of a <laughs> very big... <laughs> international gallery like come on come on and i don't care that you're like korean which has no bearing on this work i don't care that you're deaf also has no bearing on this work like and what if i didn't know who you are and what your identities are like what is like this just smells wrong like work about debt in a commercial art fair that's gonna be sold for a lot of money it's like sorry that's okay well Um, I mean the like those works they're like David Shrigley-esque which like I'm not a fan of that work either or the Richie Culver works Like, (sighs) yeah I mean I just feel you know I feel like the art world is my fifth graders and I'm like giving them a talking to this is (laughs) what it feels like this is what it it came down to I'm Um, just not into forced naivete you know like 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 fake de-skilling and the pretense and just like get the fuck off your high horse okay and also like we'll get to the identity part but whatever anyways a great booth i saw was galleria maria razu probably mispronouncing it from sao paulo um just like an assemblage of like a lot of like small items from like uh i can't even my brain is so dead i can't even start describing the collection of like small items and drawings and like scrapbooks that were displayed on these like cute little steps uh i'm normally not a big fan of this like what the hell is this like collection of things about but this had just such like had such tenderness and a uh like aesthetic equilibrium and it's funny because i met with david a couple like the day after or whatever and he said the exact same thing he was drawn to that booth oh nice um so well done whoever mounted that booth i saw like a capsule shanghai booth and this was like a week and a half ago (laughs) like last i heard no one's going in and out of china period how the hell did this like specifically shanghai gallery was able to make it outside of the country like literally I saw this like the CNN journalist or whatever who's covering Oh Shen I Thai, saw that yeah this like he barely made it out of the country the other week I feel I terrible I have a friend country. there and her life just looks like hell it's been like almost 60 days of like it's insane it's insane I've, I follow, I follow this british girl on TikTok who lives there and her whole tiktok is about like trying to see the uh the positive in it so it's like uh what i cooked today what i did whatever but like she starts every video with like day 61 of lockdown Um, horrible uh actually the uh the most atrocious boots i didn't even bother taking pictures of but they are seared into my memory (laughs) such as uh i mean most just most uh most blah was the what's what's her name from Company Gallery, kaisa von, von married to a billionaire heiress. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm not even. I don't even want to talk about it. It's like this, it's the like queer bodies. <laughs> it's like a disbiannual redux. Like why why do I have to see that still in 2022? well why would anyone make it maybe we would have liked it more if we were invited to that wedding where every like who's who of new york art hose was flown into sweden it's it all sounds such a nightmare to me the art is a nightmare the social pressure seems nightmarish um no it seems so so annoying it's like why would you make that even i just don't understand that like what kind of self-indulgence and like luxury of time lead to making work that is like what just make some fucking props for like i I don't know a movie why would you why would you make that i really don't know this like super ironic like take on like consumerist life in like our post post human like post human world society or whatever uh wait i just have to see it again sorry googling it also it's 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 kind of similar or it uh takes a page from the book of what's her name Anna Udenberg. yeah Yeah, no they're like they're the watered down Anna Udenberg because like at least the Anna Udenbergs are very specifically her and you know when you see it and it's like you know they do take on different forms and different compositions and kind of different accessories etc but it's like it does feel that but not they as just, fun uh, they all have they all have to like they say something so superficial in their meaning like yeah. the artist statement like or like they the love of should art. just be i mean they obviously start as like cgi models they should just stay as that and be sold as nfts <laughs> yeah like what is what is supposed to be my takeaway from looking at it aside from the like the spectacle of whatever i just i don't enjoy it it doesn't feel lasting it doesn't feel loving it doesn't spark spiritual joy in me looking at those things just looks like wash washed up like party kids well capturing that moment she's lucky she married into a billionaire family and can afford to produce those so you go girl Um, I saw Gorgeous Corcrit. They're always are so gorgeous. I just like cannot cannot think of an artist who's just uh consistently made I'm talking about the the canvas works. They're yep. just they're just so incredible. I don't know what else to say. It's just like fiery. I mean it's literally, like literally fire. <laughs> they're so beautiful. They have some like Oscar Murillo um sensibility to the composition but they're they're just so beautiful yeah they're really nice. beautiful and he's nice he uh, was uh, at friend of the pod stephanie stephanie com wedding he was super sweet i mean even even if he was an asshole i would have still liked the work <laughs> i saw a beautiful claire rojas painting which i'm normally not drawn to her work but i'll also never forget that like fucking new yorker profile they ran about her and uh what's the husband's name i can't remember but i do like her paintings yeah. So, I saw a beautiful painting by hers. Um, what else? Um, up, up, up. Really beautiful work by Alfred D'Orcel, which I've never heard of before. Really cute, like, uh, birdie, like, kiwi birds or whatever, out of metal, like, mm. cast by Ugo... I can Rod- never Rod- pronounce his last Ugo Rodin... 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 Rondenone. Yeah. Rondenone, yeah. Sorry for a uh, sorry queen. Uh, Saw these really beautiful um Albert Olin, but he could <laughs> also like do away with just ugly f- f- ugly font selection. And the it's fucking just, like, drinks, so... like, oh god. Yeah. I <laughs> the don't know, Boomer man. like coffee tea, which is also like the most German thing. yeah yeah. oh can't have too much caffeine (laughs) oh that yeah i don't even want to talk about that it's so silly um yeah but the paintings are nice but yeah the font choices are messy one of one of my favorite like young artists uh oh my god young he's not young he's like a year younger than me jesus uh florian Krewer Krever, florian crever there's really no way to pronounce those names in english um really beautiful work i guess he shows with michael michael werner oh yeah god i constantly i constantly have to code switch this is so difficult <sighs> Let's just, um, sorry i think it, the name should just be michael germans need to get with the times it's yeah. michael sorry people yeah you should you should look up his work there's i'm normally not drawn to this type of comp- like figurative composition yeah. that's somewhat naive but there's just first of all his work has really great uh surface sort of tactility there they're impasto at certain parts and I really appreciate that and it's, it's I guess the reason why it's hard for me to explain why it work works or is not appealing to me at times is so elusive and there's just maybe no way to like articulate why you're drawn to something or not yeah. because it's that subjective Um. anyways that was my trip to the shed which I did for you um, Wait for for Stand me or for us? <laughs> for y'all? <laughs> um, How was the crowd? Saw, uh, what, what what were people uh, wearing? <laughs> I'm not. I don't look at that. But it, <laughs> it wasn't offensive. There was. You know what? There was something. The shed is just such an overpowering structure that it's sort of the the art kind of is a. Um, it's kind of a guest at the shed rather than in a more like neutral venue where it just feels like you feel like a visitor, you're a guest somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it, like it, it, it's something that's bigger or more dominant than you are. So it didn't feel like I I wasn't very, I wasn't particularly offended by like, you know, fashion or like bad attitudes or like whatever. So it was kind of like a humbling, I guess I, um, experience mm. for the, Whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, then, a day later, went to see Friend of the Pod's Paul Booth's exhibition at... Oi! Forgetting the name of the gallery. Um, oh, my God. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to look it up. It's in Rebecca. It's two doors down from the uh, Odeon, which we then had dinner um, with David and my best friend from childhood is in town with her boyfriend... I'm talking while uh Dwayne Thomas Gallery. Hey. Okay. Great show. Go check it out. Um yeah, then we went we went over to the Odeon gossiped up a storm, uh David and my friend Gal. First of all, we uh, made sure the uh, Gal Gadot. <laughs> she fucking got a drink at Starbucks today and they spelled her name D-A-L. They must have thought she's like a an, light skin, an Indian dish, Punjabi or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to make sure the coast was clear before we run a, ran oh our mouth. Oh <clears throat> that bit me in the ass today. Actually, <laughs> it was like, yeah, you ran your mouth. Uh, he's across the street next to us. <laughs> like, be quiet. Honestly, who who cares? Grow up, hair. I think I called someone bisexual. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they should they should uh, send you to a reeducation. Oh, I was like uh, camp. I was like Tom just throw me in a dumpster right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot live. <laughs> um, what else? And then I took my friends up to Dia Beacon. We went to Beacon for the day last Sunday. Which was really nice. Uh I gotta say out of like the whole the whole like town kind of landscape there, the small town landscape, Beacon is by far the nicest. Oh nice. Like the the culinary offerings are really great. The main street is really fun. It's it's quaint without being too quaint. Yeah. Um I really like it there. And the um, Beacon is just really is really nice. I yeah, I took some art novices or like art. Illiterates to uh, enjoy some large scale art, and uh, they were scratching their heads for the most of it. <laughs> they had no idea what they were looking at. Wow, this mean, there's metal a metal gorgeous... plate on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> so I I'm not quite sure if Dia uh, Beacon has. Uh, I bet they have a uh, a statement that like. Uh, steers them towards uh this or that moment in mm. art history let's see what they say there should be like a black diamond like when you're skiing it's like this is a black diamond for art enthusiasts um yeah. if you want the bunny slope go to storm king <laughs> yeah yeah basically well their mission statement just says that the uh, Dia art foundation is committed to advancing realizing and preserving the vision of artists which is like ugh, I don't mm. care to say less uh, and collecting in depth the work of a focus group of artists of the sixties and seventies, we, fine, whatever. Um, Which means a, a gorgeous, lot of things, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, there's a really gorgeous. The biggest galleries of uh, like a th- almost three hundred and sixty work of Andy Warhol. I'm not quite sure what's what it what is. It's abstract work, but it's like a it's it's like degrading as it goes. Mm-hmm along and the the just the color palette is just so mesmerizing Mm -hmm. like i just love him when he's less figurative yeah um what else we saw like we saw some stuff where i'm like just because it like made it into the 60s and the 70s canon doesn't mean first of all that it it held up that it holds water that it's of literally any interest or relevance to like mass audience yeah like um robert ryman like i'm sorry i'm gonna have to like i'm gonna have to like uh, say something about him like what what is can, can any one of our listeners please like i get the novelty but like can someone explain to me the value the like long-standing value of robert uh. ryman's like over they're not nice like, like of like all that era it's at the bottom for me they're they're so excruciatingly boring to look at and like i'm looking at like i did some like browsing and reading of like how um just like 101 talking about robert ryman uh and every single like description says that he like investigated he interrogated like you know minimalist like approaches whatever But, like, you stand there in the room, you're with art illiterates who've never seen his work before, and, like, they cannot help but ask, like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah, I mean, just because you repeatedly do something doesn't mean you've, like, investigated and interrogated. Which, uh, you know, I'm fine with (coughs) variations on a theme or iterations or this, like... I mean, yeah, um, that's what we both do. I think that's a lot of people we know are iterating concepts we're interested in. But... They're just so lifeless. But they are. They're just... It's like, I don't care. I don't think yeah. most people I mean, care. At the, like, At least, like, Ed Reinhardt did it in black, and you can actually... Yeah, but they're beautiful, because you see... Yeah, there's something... Sorry. Yeah. some Something works yeah. with Ed, Ed Reinhardt's work. But Robert Ryman, like, it just is, b- like, beyond me how he, like, managed to yeah. enter art canon. Aside from the m- novelty, but just like on a pure formal like level of uh, talking about his or like viewing his work, like there's really nothing in it. Yeah, it's just boring ass, and just the s- uh, and small it was- strokes. It's like no, because like the Ad Reinhardt's just have this kind of more encompassing field you're a part of when you look at it, right? Um, I don't know. And what's her name? Sorry, say something while I look. Uh, I look up her work. I, God, what should I say? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Joan, God, what's her name? Uh, Joan Jonas. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like so boring. She has a whole basement floor a Dia, and Beacon, and it's just like I don't even know how to start describing it. It's like one corner of the space has like some, some janky ass <laughs> like, like, uh. Uh, like CRT screens, like projections of God knows what, of just like a landscape or like a, a patch of grass and like a woman in a tutu, mm. like holding something. It's just like, Oh, I'm looking at the photos online. Yeah, this is not up my alley. What am I looking at? Like there's, there's one nice niche in the whole basement area where it's just like the roof, only the roof of a building suspended from the ceiling and a lot, sort of a um, kind of light, I, um, a spotlight shining down. And so it feels, it almost like completes the uh, structure of the house just by way of a shadow cast. Mm-hmm. But like my friends were like, I hate this. What am I looking at? This looks like nothing to me. This this requires so much of me, the viewer. This is not giving me anything. Yeah. Instead, it requires so much of me. Um, And then again, we saw things that really turn them on were this like a mammoth sarah mm-hmm. richard sarah that's there um you know it's just hard to like not be thoroughly astonished by his work it's like a feat of engineering how the hell do you like how do you like bend metal that thick it's like this is the the feat of like human achievement essentially an ingenuity to do that to us you know uh, nature yeah um what else they were also extremely highly skeptical about Sam Sam Gilliam's work the like you know the hanging schmuck I'm looking at it but that's a nice one I like that one they're nice but like you know they they come utterly lacking context and like I told him he's like one of the more prominent, like uh, African American artists of his age group in America, and they literally told me, like, how does that add or like take away from what I'm looking at now? Like, there's so much you can tell people to spoon feed them context mm-hmm. and significance. Like, they still, you know, are going yeah, yeah. by the like, but they're beautiful. Um, I mean, that's the thing. So I guess like you don't, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, nothing's gonna change that um and also i'm I'm sorry to say that like so irrelevant that he's black it's not evident to the uh to the illiterate eye that looks at his work mm -hmm. it has zero meaning or significance that he's black or that he's in his 80s like truly means nothing um i'm only saying that to sort of push back against the like the heavy identitarian sort of um focus that's been put on in on his work and if anything i think you know abstract work tries to like step away from that. Um, but, but, but what else uh, this we saw this really beautiful Michael Heiser work that's not like you can't you can't come too close to it and that's the whole sort of spectacle of the work is these like three, sorry, four massive cutouts that are cut out of the floor, the concrete floor of the uh, space, mm-hmm. a uh, square, A circle, another square, I guess, and another circle or whatever. And they just, from the point you're allowed to, like, the closest point you're allowed to reach them, they look like these, like, endless pits, endless chasms. Uh, And they're really impressive. Um, Yeah. Like, Imi Knobo, Like, do me a favor. It's so boring to look at. Oh, yeah, they're boring. Um, What else? Lawrence Wiener, like, blah, 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 whatever. Snorrence Wiener. Oh, and like I think they were most outraged by On Kawara. <laughs> like, please, please explain On Kawara to mm-hmm. the like the illiterate yeah. viewer. At least the font, like the best thing I can say about those works are the like very timely, like nineteen seventies esque like font selection, which really deteriorates <laughs> in his like early aughts. <laughs> Versions. He just switched fonts, but like, (laughs) what's the like layman's knowledge of On Kawara? How do you explain him? I don't even know. Like, what? It's like it's maybe my hypothesis that it's so like whatever. This is some kind of con. Like, he's a con artist. (laughs) I shouldn't speak uh, ill of the of the dead. But they're like, what am I looking at? I'm sorry to like, I'm sorry to uh, play coy, but like, what the hell am I looking at? An idea, like, I, <laughs> sure, like, I'm, I'm sure, like, we'll have some people slide into our DMs and like wag their fingers at us for like, under, undervaluing him or misunderstanding his genius, but like, I'm looking at it now, and it's not giving me anything. Yeah, and like. I know I know his work and I know about it, so like, whatever. <laughs> John Chamberlain, these like, you know, uh, car yeah. wrecks. I mean, like, there's nice John Chamberlains and there's bad John Chamberlains, so. It's just like, you, you've seen one, you've seen them all. It's just like, whatever. I guess that moment in time has just passed. The novelty has passed. I'm not sure it really belongs in the museum because really these museum-like committees should reevaluate whether something has stood the test of time and mm-hmm. not just like, keep um well value is constructed and <laughs> indeed <laughs> these things have markets and that's why they end up in museums um yeah i did ma- i did make an exception to my rule and i took them up to the louise bourgeois floor which was very s- scattered and uneven and i had to explain to them why i find <laughs> louise bourgeois work ingenious and i had to like literally f- uh, spoon feed them enjoyment I, I <laughs> force them to look at it with like appreciating eyes because her work is just so is meaningful to me personally just by way of being such a like um a shameless sort of a um, it's just like she has no qualms about like airing her dirty like psychiatric like laundry or just like sharing mm-hmm. it with the rest of the world and like uh, it yeah airing all her like schizophrenic crazy thoughts and like sharing sharing her like nightmares with the rest of the world whatever Mm. um yeah there's also a really nice louise lawler like sound piece in the uh in the yard where it's like she recorded semi like bird sounding bird calls but it's actually humans like either saying things or like mimicking bird calls and it really blends in with the environment and it's fun Mm -hmm. Um, okay sorry for having taken up so much space i took up a lot of space just talking about my day today so don't worry about it. no i enjoyed it (laughs) anyways i ask myself what uh like what should the art illiterates takeaway be upon visiting dia beacon like because in a sense you're entering a like a pre-established like writing of art history when you enter that space you're being once again like spoon-fed the things you think you should know about art in the 20th century and some of it i reject the premise of i reject its like inclusion in this show uh some for aesthetic reasons other for like conceptual reasons but like i just i disagree with this like array of um not array but like i i reject this as a survey of 20th century art hmm. So i guess what i'm trying to say um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I saw a really cute, like, egg egg on, like, chicken eggs, like, public installation on Main Street in <laughs> at, the, uh, at Beacon, sorry, which I really liked and I took a picture Aww. of. And, um, yeah, and then I'm seeing some other pictures in my photo stream, but that's, I don't want to run my mouth on where I saw more art later that week. That that shall stay between David, you, and myself in our group. Please chat. tell me after. Oh, you know where it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what other art-related things to talk about? Uh, don't even care about art news anymore. It's just like everything's a snore. Oh, yeah. Like, just, wh- what is there to talk about even these days? Like, NFTs and... Uh, some more like Uh, derivative auction uh crap and who who, just who the hell i like i'm gonna die on this hill (laughs) who the fuck cares about auctions there are people that do uh Uh, no i know that there are people are do, but i'm asking a free question here (laughs) like why why should it matter why does it matter it's like, you know, just because the book, it's not even a good example of it. Just, just because your books in the New York Times, like bestseller list doesn't make it any well, less of garbage. Like, <laughs> It's like caring about the stock market. You can have, you know, your 401k uh, earning money and then you could be like all about it and like reading everything and watching CNBC and obsessing yeah. about it um, and making it part of your identity. Yeah. Do like do people not realize that like this whole auction business is transitory? Yeah. It's not. It's like not here to stay forever. Yeah. In its current iteration. Where Whereas art has like more, you know, stable tenets and foundation and whatever. It's just you're losers. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Also, money. Like, listen. I teach at a private day school. And there's not constant clashes, but like I constantly am exposed to, you know, moneyed individuals and debates about, you know, values and educations like an education like uh, being a mensch versus, you know. Uh, graduating to be a successful person in terms of your ability to like you know become a CEO or whatever like I'm this is this is constantly on my daily plate. God, this dichotomy and it's just um, I don't know. There's truly more to life than money. Totally. Um, and like why why do you think you're like also there's absolutely no there's no pretense that. Auction sales equal quality of work or signific- significance. Is, is a constructed uh, term, but uh, like, yeah. Look at Larry Gagosian's girlfriend and those terrible paintings. <laughs> yeah, or like, fine what booth did I see? Joel Messler and Tracy Emin. Joel L G D R. Joel Messy. Joel Messy, like, there's this booth is like, if you showed this booth to somebody like 20 years ago, they would have had a connection. <laughs> Lgdr. What did David say? That sound like sounded like large gay diarrhea. I don't know. No, he he spoke of another acronym that's like similar sounding to LGDR. Anyways, like Joel Messler. Whatever. I hope you don't listen to this podcast. I I don't want to burn any bridges. But like, what is the what is this fucking booth? Are you kidding me? You're a respected dealer. Respected, i was just i'll never forget independent five years ago or six years ago when he was like nestled in a corner and like making portraits on demand for like 50 bucks jerry like salt yeah like intentionally intentionally sloppy portraits of people uh that was a good moment for you joel oh and also when he had his gallery uh like either above or across the street from that that like uh anti-semitic propaganda looking (laughs) jewish uh haberdasher or whatever and he would feature he would constantly like engage in conversation with him and those were just the most like vibrant instagram stories of that era it was just such a good capturing of such a good slice of uh downtown new york yeah sorry if anyone Um, uh listens to this podcast and we've dissed you or your friends with them yeah Anyways, I uh say it like you mean it. Well, well, school's over for me in a couple of oh, weeks. Amazing. I am going on a on a school trip this um chaperoning school trip this coming Wednesday. Uh which I'm kind of excited for cuz I love my 6th graders a lot. Mm. And um I'm uh believe it or not, but I'm um you're talking to a future Talmudic scholar in the <laughs> making. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking a uh, a, a summer course at, at JTS at the Jewish Theological Seminary here. Oh my god! <laughs> to be to beef up for you laugh, but it's a serious thing. Um, I'm just um, I'm t- starting uh, starting next year. I'm teaching a section of uh, Jewish studies, and I just, this girl this this Jewish girl has to like beef up <laughs> on her 101s. You should get some crunchy curls. Get a. Some Aussie spray gel. mm Hmm. Um, Yes, I uh, I applied to this uh, program, which of course school is paying for, and it's like basically gaining fluency and you know Talmud (laughs) and all that jazz. Um, and it's good because I don't have to do the part where they teach you how to speak Hebrew. I can skip that. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna be that. entitled israeli who waltzes into the room and thinks he knows better than anybody else because that's that's unfortunately that's our affliction that is how they bring us up in israel they make you think you're better than well, everybody you are the else. chosen kind people of, and no one else is so <laughs> yeah what is what is the germans excuse for feeling like they're better than everybody else um you should get them to pay for your Kabbalah center classes um yes i should i I'll start with a thread bracelet. <laughs> and like a twenty dollar bottle of water. Yeah. Just like at the airport. I sent you a picture from Tel Aviv. They closed down the Kabbalah oh, yeah, Center looks that really was sad now. <laughs> Yeah. And that is such a that is such a like a, a, a monumental like piece of Kabbalah history. Yeah, and it's a monument to our leader Madonna. Yeah. Oh god. Whose face is unrecognizable. <laughs> Oh, so you want to say one last thing about uh, the Balenciaga fashion show before we sign off? Oh yeah, if you think it's cool or smart, uh, you're pathetic and get a life. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my but God. I have—I actually have one last thing to end off this episode. Just a quote, if I could read. Just a—is that related to the Balenciaga show? No, but I mean moving in similar orbits. Oh, we. By the way, we, when we walked up to the diner this morning. Uh, some people had left, some neighbors had left out some like books on the stoop or whatever. And funnily enough, whenever people put out books, it's always like an hour or a day before like a heavy <laughs> thunderstorm happens here. Anyway, somebody put out a Slava Shimboska book, mm, and it made me think of thanks. you. Thanks. That's so sweet. I really appreciate it. Our our na- our national poet, totally mm. a Nobel Nobel uh, Prize winner, like us one day. Yes. And with that, I just want to say. Hello, dearest Lana. This is Klaus. <laughs> I live in Berlin now. I miss our friendship. Oh, my Chew God. Samir. <laughs> <laughs> Chews.